Good morning. Today we will start our message with a storytelling. Once upon a time, there was a story of a good boss. His name was Matthew, and Matthew owned a big business. He had around a thousand employees, and this boss Matthew was very good. He was a good boss. The employees describe him as very approachable, understanding, and not intimidating. Whenever his employees had sick family members or emergencies, they gradually learned that Matthew can be approached for help. He did not withhold his financial support, the cash advances that they needed, and sometimes even using his own personal money to support the employees and their needs. But Matthew had an employee named Pete. Pete as in Peter, but only Pete without the R. Pete was one of Matthew's employees. And Pete is a person who you could say was a bit irresponsible with his finances. He loses money the moment it comes in, in the 15th and on the 30th. Because of this, Pete had a reputation in the office among his co-workers of being wasteful and mismanaging. And his co-workers actually learned this through experience and through negative experience. He used to borrow from them. And uh, over the years and months, they slowly began to realize that what he had borrowed, what Pete had borrowed, would not be paid back. That's just the kind of person that he is. So eventually, Pete, you know, had no one to run to. No one would want to borrow a money to a person who would not be paying them back. So the day came when Pete was so desperate, and he tried to borrow money from who else but Matthew. He told Matthew, boss, I need this money right now. Promise I'll pay you back in six months. The amount that he was borrowing from Matthew is 10,000 US dollars. Now for Matthew with a big business, this is not such a big amount. But for Pete, 10,000 US dollars was way above his pay grade. It would amount to his total assets, his house, his properties, everything would not even be sufficient to pay this back. And yet, Matthew was kind enough. Because of the good person that he is, he gave him the benefit of the doubt. Let's fast forward to our story a bit. Six months down the line, the camera focused in on Matthew. Matthew was doing his accounting and his papers. Then he encountered his contract with Pete. He realized Pete's six months had run out. So he called Pete. Pete, time is up. Can you come to my office? We just need to discuss some things. So Pete coming up to Matthew's office. Of course, knowing Pete, he had no money. But he begged. He got on his knees. He said, boss, boss, please, just Forgive me for this once. Just give me more time. I promise I'll pay you back. What would Matthew do? What would happen to Pete? We'll pause our story there and we'll get back to it later. So our message today is on uh, mercy and response. Romans 12 verse 1 to 2. In the previous uh, verses, in uh, Romans, in the previous chapters that we did before the Master's Design, Paul showed us the following. This was the whole outline of Romans. It is who we were, what we deserved, and what God has done and given through Christ. Who we were, what we deserved, 
what God has done and given through Christ. And let's do a brief run through, no? Kasi we went, from, went to the Master's Design for a while and we took a break from Romans, but let's do a review. Let's do a review of this whole outline from Romans 1 to 11. Super quick. First, we were told who we are. Romans 1, verse 19 to 21, for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. Although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. So Paul here was talking about them, they, them, they. Who is this them? Who is this they? That is us. We as humanity have done this to God. God's attributes are clearly perceived by us. His power, his nature can be seen in all of creation ever since the beginning. But because of that, it was clearly perceived no one had any excuse. Everyone know, knew there was a God, and yet this is what humanity did. They did not honor God as God, nor give thanks to him as God. They disregarded God as God. Claiming to be wise, following verses, no, verse 22 to 25, they became fools us again, Yan, and exchange the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. This is what we did. We thought we were wise and we claimed to know what to do, what to worship, what to give our attention to. We gave our attention to mortal man, images of man, images of birds, images of animals, images of creeping things. We exchanged the original for the fake. We worshipped the cre creation rather than the creator. We were so deceived by our own sin. We are worshippers of creatures, servants of idols. So what does servants of idols deserve? This says in Romans 6, 22-23, For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death, for the wages of sin is death. Worshippers of idols, those who have turned away from God, dishonored him, disregarded him, were ungrateful to him, deserved the wages of death. It's sin to rebel against God and turn our eyes and our hearts away from the God who is clearly perceived in all of creation. This is what we deserved. We deserve death. Here's the plot twist. God did something for us through Christ. For there is no distinction, Romans 3.23. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation for his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. This was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. 
For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. See, who we were, we were rebellious human beings. We turned our backs against God and we chose something else, something not worthy of worship in our lives. So we deserve death. It's treason. It's rebellion. We rebelled against the God of the universe, the creator of us. We served his creation. It was stupidity. It was foolishness. And God could just smash us in an instant because he was just. He gives what we deserve. And yet, God has done this through Christ. He reconciled us to himself. Look at the underlined words. It's three reconciled words in a span of three verses. It's reconciliation. It healed our relationship back. We were saved in to and back to and grafted into him and relationship with him once again because of Christ and what Christ has done for us. He did not give us what we deserve because he had mercy on us. He was the God of mercy. So that's the quick recap on Romans 1 to 11. God says, you are a swindler. You are deceived. You are foolish. You are stupid. But in that same assumption, you thought you were wise, and yet you made the stupidest decision. You turned your back on me, and you deserve death. Nothing short of death. You can't make up for this. You can't say sorry for this. Nothing is enough. You are worthless. However, because of who I am as a God, I want to show in the present time my righteousness, who I am. I want to show you my mercy. I will not serve you what you deserve. Instead, I will send my own son to pay your debt so that we can be reconciled. You can come back to me and I can have you back as mine. Paul had just explained this gospel in the first 11 chapters, who we were, what we deserved, and the plot twist of what God did despite of that. So we enter into our passage for today in Romans 12. And I want you to listen to the tone of voice and the mood of Paul as he wrote to the Romans. Let's read this together. Romans 12, verse 1 to 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Hear the tone, the pastoral tone, the brotherly tone of the Apostle Paul. His heart was overflowing. So let's outline our passage to be discussed today. Romans 12, verse 1 to 2, we will go through three points. The plead to respond, the proper response, and the process of responding. Let's go to the first point, the plead to respond. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God. Pause there. Let's go back to our story 
of Pete and Matthew. Si Pete, yung maraming utang na employee, was at a crossroads. When his time had come up, Matthew called his, him to his office to pay, and Pete, begging on his knees, asking for time, boss, boss, give me more time. I promise I'll pay you back. Please, I just need more time. Just give me more time. Matthew responded, Remember, you promised, Pete. We signed a contract, Pete, that if you were unable to pay back this amount by this time, this is what you will pay. Your house, your wife, your kids, their assets, they're gone. I own them now. Pete, desperate, says, boss, please have mercy. Please have pity on me. Please, I have nothing else. Thus, Matthew, being a good boss, what do you think he would do? If you were Matthew, what would you do? He had a reputation of irresponsibility. No one borrowed him money. And you, for your goodness sake, showed him a little bit of grace, give him a bit of benefit of the doubt. What would you do? Matthew was different. Matthew surprised me too. Matthew had pity on Pete. Pity. The person who deserved no pity got pity. And not just pity. He got clean slate. Matthew said, okay, Pete, let me erase your debt. No holds barred. Nothing against you. I'll erase your 10,000 like you paid for it. You can go now. Okay na. Wala na tayong utang. Wala ka utang sa Sign your contract, then you can leave, go back to your work. Now imagine that Paul, the Apostle Paul who wrote Romans, was the friend of Pete. And he had just witnessed what had happened. What Matthew just said to Pete and how much he had mercy and forgiveness on Pete. Despite of who he is, his reputation, and what Pete deserved. He didn't deserve mercy. But Matthew erases that. And then Paul was a friend who overheard that conversation. What would Paul say to Pete after Pete comes out of Matthew's office? If we were the friend of Pete, we would probably say, Uy, grabe, sobrang bait. Uy, grabe, grabe. Ayusin mo na. Sobrang bait ni boss sa'yo. And Paul was this friend here. That was his tone to us. Humanity on who we are and what we deserved. And this is what he says. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, kapatid. Sa awa ng Diyos, yung pinakitang awa sa'yo. He is pleading with the Romans. He is pleading with all of humanity who have seen and experienced and received God's mercies to respond well. I appeal to you. This original verse, this original word that he used, appeal, is beseech, demand, plead, urge, beg. I beg of you, please. Please, I push you. I encourage you. I demand of you. That was his tone. He was spurring. He was pushing. He was, please. He was pleading with us to respond well to Romans chapter 1 to 11. What God did 
according to what we deserved. He did not give us what we deserve, which is death. He gave us life, mercy, and reconciliation. So he pleads, Pete, Pete, alam mo ba yung nangyari sa'yo? Nakuha mo na lahat. Ang bait, ang bait ni Lord sa'yo. So please, dot, dot, dot. That was Paul's pleading to the Romans, to the church, by the mercies of God. So the plead to respond was a plead to respond to God's mercy. The plead na, uy, ayusin nyo na. Pete, ayusin mo na. Alam mo ba yung natanggap mo? Hindi lahat natatanggap yun. So, we look at the next verses to see what should be our proper response. Paano nga ba dapat mabuhay after mataw- mapatawad lahat ng utang natin in a race? Walang no strings attached. If you were Pete, how would you respond? What's the proper response no, after what Matthew did for you? Lumabas ka ng office ni Matthew, paano ka na dapat mabuhay? Ano ba dapat ang magbago? The proper response is said here by Paul in the same verse. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, here it comes, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. This is the plead. This is the application. Pete, Pete, magbago ka na. Ito gawin mo. This is what he says. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, an acceptable sacrifice, a holy sacrifice to God, to your boss, which is your worship. I'll try to surface what Paul was saying through a table. No, This helps me think okay, if I put things on a table. This is the appeal no, of, of the verse. The reason is because God has had mercy on us, how do we respond? We present our bodies. Why? What's the purpose? It's to present it as a sacrifice to God. Lord, ito, sayo na to, holy and acceptable to God. Para saan? So that we respond in worship. Like Pete, we do not have what it takes to pay back the debt that Christ has forgiven for us, has paid for us. Death, buhay ang kapalit. Hindi natin kayang bigay ang buhay, kapalit ang buhay. Pero ano ang meron natin? What do we have right now? This is what Paul was saying. What we have right now is ourselves in this very body, in this bodily existence of ours. We now exist in this body that we have. And the body that you are sitting on, standing on, and living on today. That's what Paul here is saying to Pete, to us. See, ito na lang ang meron mo eh. Ayusin mo na. Ito na lang yung bigay mo. Yun lang meron mo eh. That's what you have the bodies with which you live, you work, and you play. Ialay mo na. Alay mo, ka, mo kay Lord. Sacrifice mo. Dedicate mo kay Lord yung body mo. Yung physical existence mo. So, this was a profound concept because what Paul was saying here is presenting our physical selves to God is a spiritual act of worship. The concept that Paul was arguing here for is super profound because this foundational biblical principle will be what shapes the following chapters in Romans, actually. He was arguing that now that we have received mercy from God, we are reconciled 
to Him, bati na tayo, wala na tayong gap, wala na tayong utang, wala na tayong pagkukulang, we must now see our very physical existence, our physical bodies, our physical selves, to have spiritual significance. Our bodies are, is where worship starts, worship happens, worship begins, worship occurs. This was the very same concept that Paul had mentioned in another letter to another church, which is in Corinth, where he says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Remember, this was so mind-boggling for the church at those times. Because remember, in their times, people tended to have separate distinctions between what is holy and what is defiled, what is spiritual and what is physical. In fact, worship rituals, worship traditions, was only done by religious people, holy people like priests and prophets. Religious ceremonies was done by religious teachers and people like that. But Bawal ka mag-worship kapag hindi ka ganto, kapag hindi ka ganto, pagkaganon tong ganto. Ang daming condition dati. But now, what Paul is saying is, yung physical existence mo, spiritual worship yun. So he was uniting the separation, the distinction. There is no separation with what you do in your body and what you do for God. What you do for in your body is actually directly related to what you are offering to God. Because you have been reconciled. Wala nang gap. Wala na holy and, and defiled. You are one with God. The Holy Spirit dwells within you. Therefore, everything you do now in you, through you, is an act of worship. What we do in and through our bodies is what God sees as our worship. Let me read this. What we do in and through our physical bodies is our spiritual act of worship. Notice the physical and the spiritual there. Let's take a breather here. Let's take a deep breath and inhale this truth. Let's think about it, church. When we say worship, when I ask you, how do you worship? What comes to your mind? You're probably thinking, I'm worshiping right now because I'm attending a CBCP online worship service. So maybe that's what comes to mind. We think about worship services. We think about Bible study groups. We think about discipleship groups like our life group, our journey group. We think about praying, prayer meetings, praying for others, devotions. But you know, worship here defined in Romans 12, 1 to 2, it says everything we do in our physical bodies must be offered to God as worship. Everything. So we must now ask, what else is a proper response of worship to the God who has had mercy on us? What else is worship? Counted ba? Counted ba ang listening to my wife? Is that worship? Counted ba ang playing with my son, even though I'm tired from work? Does that count as worship to God? How about having a patient and very, very long conversation with a very, very boring person? Is that worship? How about being a good steward of my finances? Is that worship? How about exercising? Is that worship? How about changing diapers? 
worship. How about sweeping the floors, mopping the kitchen, washing the dishes? Is that worship? How about forgiving a friend? Is that worship? May the vision of a worshipfully responding life be ever clearer to us. Take a deep breath and think about this. What aspects of your physical life have you yet to present to God as a spiritual worship? Think about your business. What aspects of your business, of your work, have you failed to see as worship, as something you are offering to God? Is it acceptable? Would God be pleased with what you are offering in your physical work? How about how you deal with your friends, your social media posts, your secret chat groups, what you do in your physical body is of spiritual significance to God. Are we presenting it as holy and acceptable sacrifices to the God who has shown us mercy and who deserves our lives? What is God inviting you to physically present to him as your spiritual worship? Because God has had mercy on us, we present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. It is our spiritual act of worship, our response to the mercy that we have received. So the proper response is presenting ourselves as worship. Paul was pleading to us to respond to God's mercy by presenting ourselves as worship, everything we do in our living existence, in our living bodies, is to be presented, designated, delegated as something offered in a alay kay God. So what would that look like for Pete? A proper response. Si Pete, employee natin. If he had just been forgiven by Matthew, what would presenting himself to Matthew as worship mean? What would it look like? Maybe he exits the door and then his heart is changed. It means he's having an internal dialogue. I need to change. I can't just do my own thing using his company time. Should be more responsible with my time. How about my salary? Maybe, maybe I just have to make budgets now. I can't just spend it gambling anymore at night, playing games all night, being irresponsible about my work. Maybe I should be better steward of what, how, how my boss has been treating me all these years. He, he knew all about how I was using company hours to do my own, 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 own endeavors. And yet, what he just did, it, I don't understand. I want to change. I want to reward Matthew's trust. He trusted me with forgiving me 10,000 US dollars. I shouldn't just waste that and just do the same, same things all over again. I must do something to honor what Matthew did for me. The way I work, the way I 
I exist in this office, it should please Matthew when he sees me. I don't want to be a burden to him anymore. He, he's too good. He's been such a good boss to me. My, my coworkers didn't even help me, but this guy who didn't even deserve to, to, to incur a cost because of my weakness, he, he incurred the cost for me. I, I shouldn't just waste his time. Three, what is our process of our response? As we exit the boss's room, how should we think about work, think about life, think about our new existence? Let's read our verse. Let's keep on stacking this truth that Paul was saying. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So how do we start to respond? Paul here was stating how we are to renew ourselves into acceptable, holy, perfect sacrifices to the God we are offering ourselves to. Dahil tayo yung sacrifice We have to be perfect. We have to, you know, ayusin talaga natin sarili natin para what we present to God, which is ourselves, is perfect. Are you working on perfecting yourself for God? according to the taste that he wants, the kind of sacrifice that would make him happy. Parang nagluluto ka eh. You know your wife's favorite food, so you try to perfect the recipe. Ayaw niya na mas- masyado maalat, eh, kailangan bawasan ko ng alat. Gusto niya medyo maanghang, so kailangan may dagdag na anghang. So God, you know what God wants. He wants something that is good, something that is like him, something that is according to his desires, according to his will, according to his acceptability. What would be acceptable to his taste? You're, you're, you're tinkling, you're changing yourself according to what would be pleasing to the one you're offering this to. And the formula for tinkering and changing is as follows. Break down natin itong verse rin, ha, pero I put it in a table. Do not be conformed to this world. What Paul was saying is resist being shaped by the present societal systems and worldviews. Hindi na pwedeng kahit anong recipe na lang. Kung ano yung uso na recipe yan, yan ang serve ko sa wife ko. No. You have to renew your mind according to God. Ano ba ang gusto ni God? Ano ba ang gusto niya? Ano ba yung taste niya? Ano ba yung taste buzz niya? Maanghang ba? Maalat ba? Ano ba yung gusto ni Lord? Yung acceptable, yung holy sa kanya, yung perfect sa kanya. Yan nakuha mo. Yan yung swaktong taste. That's what he's looking for. So we don't just cook anything according to the uso of the world. We evaluate all the ingredients according to, is this something that would fit the dish that would God would want to eat? Just myself. So we renew our minds. We're constantly thinking, Lord, would this please you? Would me doing this, me adding this behavior, me thinking like this, me making these decisions be pleasing in your sight? Because I am a living, existing sacrifice to you. I am a walking sacrifice to you. Pag my existence, when you look at me, I want you to be pleased and joyous when you see me as a child. What this means is that we are no longer supposed to follow the ways with which we once walked, which we once thought, which we once lived. If we were Pete, hindi na pwede kung dating ginagawa mo. Maybe he's still surrounded in an environment that would 
tempt him to gamble, tempt him to chase after easy money, particularly on the 15th and the 30th, how must he resist? In practical ways, it's actively telling himself, I am no longer the same person. I have been forgiven. I have received goodness from Matthew. I have a new lease on life. I don't want to use the same thing I did with my last life, wasting all, all of my money for nothing. I must honor Matthew and what he did for me. It's resisting the old. It's resisting the pull of the world. How can he renew his mind? In practical ways, it means evaluating each opportunity and situation, discerning, will my boss, will my God be pleased with this decision? And you won't be able to answer that question, unfortunately, if you don't know what kind of God you serve and if you don't read his word because that's where he reveals what he wants, what he desires, and what he despises. So if you think you're living a godly and sacrificial and acceptable life to God, but you don't know who God is, then maybe what you are living as is acceptable to some other God, but not this God, because you don't know what this God and what his taste buds like. Ano ba ang appetite ni God? Ano ba ang taste profile na gusto niya? You don't know. And that is why we must renew our mind according to God's word and his will. His will reveals what his heart yearns for. What he, what he longs for, what he desires for us. Do you know that about your God? You cannot cook a good dish for your wife if you don't know what your wife likes. We are no longer our own. We are constantly serving ourselves to the one who owns us. What we do in and through our physical bodies is our spiritual act of worship. Now that we have received mercy, how God regards and relates to us must change how we live. Everything that we do now in our present physical bodies must be done to God in relation to him, in response to him as a result of what he has done for us. Let's continue our story on Pete and Matthew. Ano kaya nangyari, no? Ano kaya nangyari after Pete and Matthew finished their conversation and Matthew said, you're free to go, Pete. What happened? Let's read from the book of Matthew what happens next. Matthew 18, 27 to 30. Out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him that debt. But when that same servant, si Pete, in our story, went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii and seized him. He began to choke him, saying, Pay me what you owe, bayaran mo, utang mo. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. Pete refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. Kind of ruthless here. How can you pay a debt when you're in prison, right? The story that we use for Pete and Matthew was actually from the book of Matthew, chapter 18. And it was a story, it was a parable told by Christ Jesus himself. Here, the story obviously ended in a bad way. See, Pete, the forgiven employee, after he was forgiven by his master, went out and saw another fellow employee. May utang sa kanya 1,000, 1,000 lang. Si ano, kanina, 10,000 utang niya, finorgive siya. Ito, may nakita siya, oh, ikaw, may utang sa akin, 1,000. He started choking him. 
Kakalabas lang din ang office ni Matthew. Ah. Pay me what you owe. Come on. And then what did the fellow worker say? Same line that Pete used in the office of Matthew. Have patience with me and I will pay you. Give me more time. But Pete refused. He called police. And he had his co-worker imprisoned. Stress. What a heartless man, this Pete. He just had come from an experience of divine mercy. Immediately after going out of the office, he does the exact opposite of what had just happened to him. What do you think Matthew did when he found out what Pete did? Let's read on. When Pete's fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were so greatly distressed. And they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Boss Matthew, boss Matthew. Then his master summoned him and said to him, Pete, you wicked and stupid servant. I forgive you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had just have mercy on you? His fellow servants were so distressed at what happened. They just had heard what Matthew did for Pete. And then suddenly they see Pete doing the exact opposite of what just happened. What? They went up, ran up to Matthew immediately, telling them, Boss, si Pete, Expectantly, Matthew, so upset. Brothers and sisters, aren't we like Pete? You see, we sit here in church, we go out in the streets, we go out in our workplace, we say, I am a forgiven sinner. I've been saved by Jesus. But how about our bodily existence, our physical lives? How do we actually translate what the master had just done for us into what we do in our physical bodies, to our friends, in our business transactions, in the way we fix our conflicts? Aren't we just like Pete? We grieve Matthew because he just did this for us and yet we completely do what is unlike him. This is what it says when you blaspheme the Holy Spirit. Sinisiraan mo yung pangalan ng boss mo. Christians, only Christians can do this. Why? Because people out in the streets, they had never received mercy. So if they're unmerciful to others, but what about Pete, who just came out of the most divine, merciful situation and exits with the most ruthless and disgusting behavior? Only Christians can be like this. Matthew can only be upset at Pete because Pete had already received divine forgiveness, divine mercy. What do we do about what we had received? What the mercy that had been bestowed freely unto us? 
do we simply just put it aside? It's like something, whatever happens in the office, happens in the office. Whatever happens in the church, happens in the church. When I exit the doors of the church, this is the physical part of my life. The spiritual part has ended at 10.30. Did God, God's mercy consume you? Did it change you at all? Because apparently it didn't. May God have mercy on us, Pete's. Today we are being invited to once again review the way we sacrifice to the God of mercy. Are we living properly according to the mercy that we have received? Are we properly responding to what had just taken place in our lives. Stop behaving like Pete's. Start rethinking everything that we're used to. Choose a better choice. Talk to yourself. As you exit the office, you see that fellow coworker who owes you. You actively choose, I had just received forgiveness. Lord, help me. Matthew, help me. Help me to remember what you just did so that I can do it for others. Renew your mind. Do not be conformed any longer to the old Pete, but the new lease on life that you've been received, given by Matthew. He has forgiven you. Act like him. You belong to him now. So glorify him in your bodies as you exit his office. Bring him along. Walk by the Spirit who leads us more and more into Christ-like and God-honoring behaviors. Imitate your master. So the outline for today, Romans 12, 1-2. Paul pleads with us to respond to God's mercy. The way to properly respond is by presenting ourselves as worship, physical, spiritual worship. The process of responding begins with resisting the old, I don't want to get mad at this employee even though he owes me because I have received mercy already for what I owe and be transformed by renewing our minds in who God is. What would Matthew do? What kind of boss is Matthew? I want to be like him. May the Spirit help us renew our minds and lead us into all truth. I plead with you, church, today, as Paul has pleaded with the Romans, I plead that we live with God's mercies in view, in view of God's mercy. It's always straight, like a bullseye in our minds. Tahil sa ginawa sa ni Lord. Blank. I plead that we respond properly as we keep him the center of our hearts, center of our minds. What would Christ do? What would he do if he were me in this situation? His spirit lives in me. Lord, give me the right thoughts and the right intentions in this very moment. I plead that we might see that what we do in our physical bodies as acts, as opportunities of worship. There's no distinction anymore between spiritual and physical. What you do here in church must translate to what you do after church, Monday to Saturday, in your work, 
in your families, late at night, when no one's looking, are you worshiping? I pray that we keep with repentance, refusing to act according to our old instincts and our old natures, but to test, evaluate what should be continued and what should be stopped to discern what is good, pleasing, and acceptable to the God who has had mercy on us. Church, what we do in and through our physical bodies is our spiritual act of worship. May we properly respond to the mercies of God, presenting our whole physical existence to him as our spiritual act of worship until that day that Christ Jesus comes again. Let's close in prayer. O God of mercy, we are a people who deserve death. Indeed, we do not know in the dark. We were groping in the dark and we served illegal gods, fake gods, counterfeit gods. This is so dishonoring and disrespectful to you because you are clearly perceived in all of creation. Your power can be seen even how, even in our, in our own lives, the way we grew up, in, in, in the divine interventions that happens in our lives. We cannot ignore that it was you who did those things. And yet we turned away from you time and time again, day and day again. Moment after moment, we choose ourselves. We choose to worship what is easy, what we want. And we deserve death every day. And yet every day, there is forgiveness. Every day, your mercies are new. When we lie down at night, we survive another day without death because you have forgiven. So Lord, as we read Romans, you are reminding us that we need to pay, we need to offer what we can and what all that we have is our lives our physical bodies, our physical existence, everything that we own, you already own. We have nothing to give but ourselves. So have mercy, O God, and accept these humble sacrifices, these broken vessels to be of use to you. Continue to clean these vessels that it may be useful for your purposes and for your glory. That everything that we do in our physical bodies may be a response to what you have done for us. Inspire us and lead us and enlighten us with your Holy Spirit each day. Convict us of our sins, convict us of our old ways so that we may resist it. Lead us into new ways and renew our minds according to your word and your will in our lives. In Christ's most precious name we pray, amen. Church, I pray that God has blessed you and his word richly dwells in your hearts for the rest of your lives. Have a blessed Sunday.